Welcome to the Weekend Booktopia. I'm Mark Harding, Content and Brand Manager for Booktopia, and this is a podcast about the books we're reading this weekend. Joining me today are Arthur Malkoon, Affiliate and Partnerships Marketing Manager for Booktopia. Hello, Arthur. Hi, Mark. Uh, we're also joined by Zia Kairouz, Executive Assistant to the CEO, and reason that I sent around a note before this asking people not to swear. Hello, Zia. Hello, everyone. And we're also joined by Ashley Berry, Campaign Coordinator. Hello, Ash. Hey, Mark. So, how are we going to run this podcast? First, we'll discuss a little bit of book news, then we'll delve into the books everyone is planning to read over the weekend, and then be sure to stick around until the end of the show where guests will go head-to-head in a book quiz battle for supremacy that we like to call Book Fight. Are we all ready? Yeah. Heck yeah. Okay. Try, try to sound a little less enthusiastic, guys. <laughs> I, I can do that. I can totally do that. <laughs> All right. So kicking off with a little bit of book news. So um, several new memoirs have been announced over the last little while, and we thought we'd just do a quick catch-up um, on a few of them. So the first one we wanted to mention was uh, Lenny Kravitz has a memoir slated to come out in October called Let Love Rule. Um, is anybody here a fan of uh, the musical stylings of Lenny Kravitz? Uh, no. Unfortunately, a not. <laughs> a few good songs, yeah. He has a few good songs. Oh yeah. Look, I I, I think he, he a lot of he, there's so much in in the media. He's really portrayed as this like cool, sexy, you know, like musical genius and really like cool hippie kind of guy. I, I that doesn't reach me. I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know. His life wouldn't be, I don't think his life would be very interesting to read about. I could be very wrong because he probably doesn't get a lot of groupies. I don't know. Well, the interesting thing about this book is that it's not kind of a memoir of uh, his entire life. It's uh, birth to age 25, which I believe was when he just hit the mainstream. Uh, So it's kind of, it feels like a bit of a deep cut for Lenny Kravitz fans. And I think I'm in the same boat as, as, as Yuzia, where I, I'm kind of aware of him through popular culture, but I don't know that much about his life other than kind of how he's portrayed and kind of the tabloids and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, he's, um, I, I know his daughter, Zoe Kravitz. She's sort of in the mainstream now and gorgeous. Um, and her stepdad is Jason Momoa, whom everyone knows is going to be my future husband. So, um, yeah, that's probably all I know. And uh, 1 to 25, wow. Okay. Yeah, and it, it kind of follows in, you know, there's a great tradition of um, rock stars writing writing their memoirs. And, um, yeah, I'm curious to see how this one lands and, and what his kind of perception in the popular culture is because he has had some really big songs and he obviously does have a following, but... Yeah, I'm curious to see how this one lands. So the next memoir that was announced this week is one that is very near and dear to my heart, and I could do an entire podcast episode based on it, but I won't. Um, But Sir Patrick Stewart announced on his Instagram feed this week Mm -hmm. that he's signed a deal to release his memoir, and it's going to cover his entire life. So his... um, his his youth living living in poverty um, in, in the UK right through to uh, his work as a Shakespearean actor and then obviously Star Trek. Yes. Uh, who here is also a fan of Sir Patrick? Absolutely, Jean Luc yeah. is isn't a fan. That's the real question. Exactly. Uh, what are we What are we hoping that that he covers in this in this biography? 
everything. I want to know everything there is to know. Oh. I want no. I want no detail left behind. He he's so proper but funny at the same time, and I really hope that translates. You know, like when you know people like that get get um, their memoirs written. A lot of the time, you kind of feel their personality doesn't come through because, of course, they're they're most of the times aided by a writer to help them. Um, with, with their books, and I really hope this isn't the case in, in this one. Well, he shared in the in the press release around this that um, he, he is going to be writing it by himself. <gasps> Amazing. Um, yeah, and he's and he's he's about to turn 80, so this is kind of a, a point in his life where he's starting to, to look back. I can't believe he's 80. That's, yeah. But um, I'm personally, as a fan, I'm curious to, to read about his relationship with Star Trek, because obviously, like, a lot of people... Um, you know, I kind of came to him through Star Trek and I'm a fan of his other works outside of that. But I know he always had a bit of a love-hate relationship with it while he was kind of in it. And uh, I'm curious to see uh, how he kind of, um, how, how that relationship with that franchise developed. Because um, obviously he has a lot of his success to it as well. Yeah. I, and, and also I'm, I would be, I'm a huge X-Men fan and I do oh. did love him as Professor Xavier. So I'd be really keen to see how, yeah, his uh, feels on that, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Next bit of news that we have is that um, we're, we're all aware of the recent Normal People adaptation that, that came out through Hulu and the BBC. Definitely. And, and, uh, you know, as much as we, we love that, we're always hungry for more. And it has been announced that Hulu and BBC, same productions, uh, kind of company as normal people, are moving forward with an adaptation of Sally Rooney's other novel, Conversations with Friends. Has anybody read Conversations with Friends? Yes. This is what? this is the news I'm all about. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally not surprised about this. Uh, Personally, I find conversations with friends such a more interesting um, subject. I'm not sure. I've, I jumped in. I'm not sure if anyone else has read this. I, I, I've read it as well, yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm so interested to see how this will come to screen. Um, I've watched some of Normal People, not a lot, which is my own fault, but it's, it's pretty much exactly how I read the book. So if the same is true, I think, correct me if I'm very wrong, but it's the same kind of crew that are going to do conversations with friends that normal people that did normal I, people I believe so yeah yeah so if that's the case it seems like they have a really good grasp of Sally Rooney and what she's trying to create so I'm very excited for this one yeah me too and and I'm like you I, I actually did enjoy the book Conversations with Friends a little bit more than I enjoyed the book Normal People. Uh, not to say that Normal People is by any stretch of the imagination not an amazingly great book, but I think Conversations with Friends just, I don't know, it, it, maybe Normal People had been a bit overhyped for me, but I really love yeah. Conversations with Friends, so I'm super Well, like, to not to uh, be that person, but Normal People is very normal people. It takes like those classic miscommunications in relationships and experiences from that young age into adulthood. Whereas conversation with friends, it's almost, I don't know, it's a bit, it's intriguing, slightly scandalous, um, but a little bit, 
know. I just, I, I, I couldn't stop reading it when I is did. Is it because you're at the age and probably the same age as maybe the the, the maybe that's why it's a bit more it's a little bit more mobile whereas um maybe it was a bit pg-13 the other one because i look i haven't read the books but i because mark i'm gonna tell everyone um it's embarrassing but when he said conversation with friends i'm like what they're doing a remake of friends and then i have to (laughs) reread that (laughs) and actually look it up because it's not the my genre but um when they when i heard two 13 year olds you know in a related teenage and i was like oh look i don't know if that would appeal to me because of my, you know, where I am, I'd feel a little bit juvenile. Maybe the other one, conversation with friends, is a little bit more adult and more relatable as it an is, adult. Yeah. No, I, I would agree with that. It, it deals with, like, normal people is that very high school relationship into college or uni into uh, adulthood, just trying to trying to work out how to communicate with each other. Mm-hmm. Conversations with friends is very much... I don't even know how to sum it up. I'm sure, I'm sure we're not in the business, like, it doesn't matter if there's spoilers for this, but it's more about um, different kinds of romantic relationships and, uh, yeah, it deals with, like, an older couple and a younger couple and... More complex. Kind of in, yeah, more complex uh, kind of intimate relationship. You know. A little bit more taboo concepts A little well. bit, yeah, exactly. Right. That's already intrigued me anyway wait till you guys hear about my books right up my alley probably oversold it but <laughs> I, I feel like <laughs> Rooney is, what she creates is just very intriguing and relatable in a in a weird way you will always relate to I feel like her work oh cool you All sold right, me Ashley <laughs> and before we move into our book recommendations uh the last bit of book news that we wanted to share is that another new memoir that's coming in October is coming from Jerry Seinfeld, uh, yes. which is his first book in, he did write a memoir in the mid-90s, I think. So this is his first book since then. Uh, so what's the deal with Seinfeld these days? Oh, Arthur, Arthur, I know we're going to disagree on this. Arthur, do you have a, you do you have a opinion? Um, I'm looking forward to this. I didn't actually read his first book, but um, I do love Seinfeld, so I'm I'm looking forward to this one. Although I feel like I know everything there is to know about him, but I'd love to be proven wrong. Now, Zia, I I assume in the Friends versus Seinfeld debate, you're on the Friends side of things? Oh, look, um, not many people know this, but I actually grew up in North America in the 90s. I did not grow up in Australia. So I am the child of the Sopranos, Friends, um, uh, uh, Seinfeld, and what's the other one with the psychologist? Now I'm trying to think about it. Frasier. Frasier, there we go, and Cheers and all of those. Those were my thing, and and The Simpsons. Those were my after-school early evening watchings, but I never found Seinfeld funny. And I'd always be like, oh, so not funny, lame. I got older. I know. I know. from the podcast immediately? I I warned you we weren't going to agree. And I've seen him do this. You didn't warn me you were going to drop such a bombshell. (laughs) I know. But look, I I watch Seinfeld and I go, yeah, look, I get it. I just don't get the huge hype. And I don't think he's funny. I find him a bit condescending. For those of you playing along at home, um, Arthur's picture on Skype is an avatar of Larry David. So (laughs) (laughs) where his loyalties lie here. Arthur, Um, you and I are enemies now. I'm sorry, darling. (laughs) 
So yeah, so that'll be that'll be a big book that's coming towards the end of the year. We 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 probably won't get signed copies. S E I N E D copies. That worked better when I sent it in an email, didn't Thank it? You. Well, it did. It did. Writing. So <laughs> All right, enough book deeds. Let's move on to what we're reading. Uh, who wants to go first? Let's turn to Arthur. What are you reading? Uh, so I've just started um, reading last night uh, a great book from the 90s um, called The Late Shift by Bill Carter. So, again, this will show a bit about my age, but um, in the 90s, I used to love watching The Tonight Show with Jay Leno and Late Show David Letterman all through, you know, till their shows finished up in the mid, um, you know, was think, I think they both finished up respectively around 2014, 2015. And I always used to love the way they would take um, shots at each other on their shows. And I always wondered, I wonder why they don't, why these two, is it just a, a you know, they're up against each other on the same night. What is, what's the deal with this? But um, the, the, the rivalry between them is quite, is quite remarkable. It all started basically um, before, before Jay Leno actually got the Tonight Show. So originally, the original, um, well, not the original host, but the longest serving host at the time was Johnny Carson who I'm not sure if many people remember or know of Johnny Carson, but he hosted The Tonight Show for 30 years from 1962 to 1992. Um, and he had basically a 90, uh, sorry, from 90, I think it was 93, I believe. But essentially he um, announced he was leaving and David Letterman, whose show The Late, um, Late Night with David Letterman was on after him, um, and Jay Leno was his permanent guest host. So whenever Johnny Carson wasn't there, Jay Leno would take over. So basically, you had two guys who thought that they were their heir apparent, and neither one of them wanted to to be the loser in the in the outcome. But obviously, you know, spoiler alert: there was a loser in that, and Jay Leno ended up getting the show. And um, the book just talks about basically how the decision came to be that. Jay Leno would take the reins and not David Letterman and, you know, the bitterness that that caused. And, um, yeah, just it's a really – I've always loved I – lo as much as I love TV, I lo sometimes I love to hear the back – you know, the behind-the-scenes and backstage um, side of things because it just – it sometimes it's more entertaining than what goes on um, in front of the camera. There was a book that came out ages ago that I read, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it was called or who wrote it, but it was a similar thing. It charted um, the saga of what happened to Conan O'Brien when he took over from, yes. from Jay it's Leno. Not, I and, think it's the sequel. Yeah, it was the sequel. That's that's the next book I was planning on reading. Yeah, it's called The War uh, for Late Night. Also, by, I think it's by the it. same author. It's Bill Carter as well. Yeah, um, and it's so funny that history repeated itself. In that instance, they actually went out of their way to try and make sure that didn't happen, so they actually warned Jay Leno you know, five years in advance, you know, we're going to take the show away from you in 2009. They get, they announced in 2000 book, they said they don't want to lose Conan. And then 2009 came and Jay Leno was still at the top of his game. So they didn't want to lose him. So their alternative was to put him on before Conan. And then that, but oh, there's just, they've, it's, it's truly remarkable how, um, in, in these two instances, um, they were able to bungle, you know, the late night, landscape and just create such animosity amongst people um who you know originally were maybe not best of friends but at least colleagues and you know respected members in, in you know in comedy circles and then they just um caused these rift and animosity between them that you know lasted a you know permanent time it's a, quite a remarkable 
yeah that's it's it's such a fascinating backstory that that whole that that whole kind of subgenre of of late night tv shows it's 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 a weird little kind of section of the media um and i would highly recommend if if you haven't seen it yet arthur um late night which is a movie on a streaming platform that we won't name um but it's uh, <laughs> it's got mindy kaling and um <gasps> Yes, I know that one. Yeah, I can't remember the other name of the actress who's in it, but um, it's a, it's Emma Thompson, I think is Emma Thompson. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I would I would highly recommend that. Uh, all right. Uh, what about you, Zia? What are you reading? Ah, huh. well, um, I have been um, going really into sci-fi, and I thought I'd switch back to what a little bit more what I usually read, and I am so I'm in the process of finishing Homodeus, which is by Dr. Yuval Noah Harari, who, um, and it is the book two after Sapiens, which is all about you know, uh, anthropology, uh, where, where humans have been and where they're going. So the first book focused on um, the history of humans and it is incredibly well-written and enlightening and it was it is probably one of my top ten books of all time. I, I won't deny that and I've started reading and finishing Homodeus. Homodeus is where we are where we're going and the concept is is a bit different than what you'd expect it's not apocalyptic but it's very geared towards um, eternal life and how humans have just extended life and it is going to be artificially extended that's oh, whoops spoiler alert and how <laughs> and how he he um, sort of and how he says it's going to happen where you, you know, war is obsolete, uh, famine is obsolete, all those, you know, early things that humans used to fight for um, are just gone, borders, the internet, so much technology now, advancement, medicine, and he just builds this whole world that, I don't know, makes you, starting to make me feel a little bit uncomfortable, but it's an interesting read. And it's also leading up on, I was really interested in all the humans. I was read, I read um, Sex at Dawn, which is a book about, um, so it's also anthropology about um, the human evolution around sex and and why humans behave the way we do why are we different than animals when it comes to jealousy and relationships monogamy versus polyamory and all those sort of things and they had some like amazing like eye-opening theories where you're like yeah I, I I get this this makes kind of sense and uh, so I read that and then now there's a, a debunking of it called sex at dusk which completely goes the other way with, of course, science and facts and stuff. So I'm interested. That's the one. I'm waiting for it to arrive. Um, thank you, COVID-19. And the, and the third in that trilogy, Afternoon Delight, is also worth reading. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you couldn't help it. But, yes, yeah, so, so that's what I'm reading. It's a bit not as fun as The Late Show and 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 dramas there, but uh, it sort of it, it's – what I like to read and, and I'm, I'm totally into that. And both of those, I highly recommend them from Sapiens, Homodeus, Sex at Dawn, and I'll let you guys know about Sex at Dusk and what they come up with. But it's, it really, it really um, explains the human condition, right? And, and humanity. And it's, it's great. I love it. All right, Zia. So that sounds like a, a great collection of books to read. If you're like an alien who's visiting earth and you want to learn like read up about the locals, right? Absolutely. It look, yeah. it doesn't paint us. Oh, no, they're they're quite realistic. They're quite. I'm gonna say they they're quite realistic, but I think they're a bit scientific. They don't show us for the crazy emotional beings we are. But you know, they can learn that when they meet us, right? Yeah. 
I've read I, I read extensively in kind of the science fiction genre because uh, I'm a massive nerd, as you may have noticed with my um, fanboying about Patrick Stewart before. Um, but I love I love some of this kind of more science fictional concepts about like where humanity is going and that idea of kind of extended lifespans uh, and everything is, is something that um, that I read a lot of on the fiction front. So um, maybe reading about it on the on the reality front might be might be a good thing to do as well. Look, Homer Deus, it really takes it, it, it was bordering on science fiction, I'm not going to lie. Sapiens was so factual and, and you know, it, it is the evolution of, of the human species and where we, where we were and where we are now. And then he just goes stage left or stage right, wherever you want to say it, and just goes off a cliff and going, this is what we're going to do, like bionically, and, and it's, you'll really like it. It's, it, it does make you think outside the square, absolutely, and he backs it. He backs it with with research and and also history that goes. Oh, I, I can see where, how where he got here, and it, it it's quite enlightening. Uh, give it a go. I'm telling you, it's pretty good. Well, did, did a so you mentioned before that kind of made you feel a bit uncomfortable. Did it make you feel uncomfortable in the sense of like I don't want this to happen, or I'm bummed that I will miss out on it happening? Uh, no, the former. Because all I kept thinking, have you guys ever watched that movie AI with the little kid that sees dead people and yeah. Sienna Miller's ex-husband? What's his name? I forgot his name. Um, that movie made me feel uncomfortable as well. So it's a bit that kind of discomfort, like, oh, this is strange. This is weird. This is not the norm. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, that, that kind of uncomfortable. I don't know if I just confused it more. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That's that's great. Thank you, Thea. Um, did you have any other books you wanted to discuss, or shall we move on to Ash? Yeah, Ashley. All right, Ashley. What have you got? All right. So I'm going to take us to fiction now because that is uh, my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. So the book I read. I've got two books with me, but the first one is absolutely thrilling for me. I recently finished Queen of Storms by Raymond E. Feist. Uh, so this is the sequel to his King of Ashes book, which has launched his new uh, Fire Main, I hope I'm saying that right, saga. Uh, so just some context, I I adore the Rift War saga. That was his uh, original three books in his cycle, which I think is 30 books long. Um, so this is fantasy fiction, in case uh, no one knows. But, yeah, I, I absolutely adored that saga and dove headfirst into this new one and it's it's brilliant I'm I can't say much more than that um I practically begged for this advanced reading copy of the book um it comes out mid-July I'm pretty sure and it just didn't disappoint uh so if anyone's interested I can go into what it's about yeah um, I am yes I, please yes I read I read Magician when I was in high school Ooh. and and I loved it, but I like I just I I didn't keep up my you high fantasy it. reading when I when I became a, a grown up. That was condescending, but I didn't um, <laughs> I didn't continue I didn't continue my remedy feisting um, uh, post that. So I'm curious to see um, yeah what this one's about. Well, this is brilliant. So I've tried to sum it up uh, for myself because as he does in his thirty book long reform cycle, he creates such expansive worlds. So just quickly, this uh, new saga he's embarked on, uh, it begins, King of Ashes begins with a betrayal. The king of Ithrace and his family are executed by another king within the five kingdoms who has ambitions to rule the whole country. So this Ithrace royal family 
Uh, they were the legendary fire mains, so they had the elemental power. Uh, turns out in this betrayal, though, a baby, the youngest of the line, wasn't killed. They thought they had succeeded in wiping out this bloodline. But this baby was uh, rescued and put into the care of a secret society of assassins. So he was brought up uh, with this kind of ability to protect himself. So King of Ashes quickly moves on to 20 years later and it's all about the characters discovering who they are, kind of trying to work out their purpose. Uh, we cycle between two main characters in the book um, and it's, it's, it's classic Feist, you know. We've got such a big world to explore. Everything's organic. It, it hooks you. There's power. There's legends. There's magic. There's anything you could possibly want. So Queen of Storms picks up right after King of Ashes. So we're now launched into some real solid character development. You know, we've already done the introductory things from the first book. Now we've got a handle on our characters they're thrown into their own separate paths where they have to endure all these tribulations and growth to find their way back to each other. There's devastation and death and heroic moments. It's, it's everything I could have wanted. So <laughs> I'm just now not patiently waiting for the third book. Years. It's going to be years. Has he, has, he, has he indicated whether this is going to be a trilogy or whether it's going to go kind of more expansive? Um, no indication, but just like in Riff War, the world he's created, we've, we've explored various islands and gone through cities and there's rich history there. There is, I, I don't doubt that this could be something bigger than a trilogy. It's just if he's willing to embark on that again, but I, I would eat it up. Exciting. <laughs> All right. What's the, what's the second book that you brought? So the other book I read this month, it's a couple of years old, but it's an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green. So this is this is kind of a, a fiction with a little bit of sci-fi in it. Um, so the reason I read this, it's been in my to-be-read pile for a while, but there's a sequel that's actually coming out in a few days. So I thought I'd finally just, just get it done with, read it. And I found it really fascinating. Um, so the storyline was unique. It's about these 10-foot-tall transformer-like sculptures in samurai armour that just appear across dozens of cities in the world. I'm not sure if anyone else has read this. No, um, this sounds amazing already. <laughs> it is. So it, it's got this sci-fi component where these, these things just appear. But also the other part of the story, it's uh, the main character, April, is the first to document her discovery of one of these at like 3 a.m. on a New York street. So this video that she creates with a friend and puts on social media goes viral overnight as the first kind of documentation of these beings. So she is now forced into international spotlight as the go-to resource. Um, she's also driven to being the first to make new discoveries. So it's a really interesting look at social media. It's quite modern and thought-provoking about how social media is changing the way media works, um, creating its own brand of fame and kind of what that is doing to society. So I I trust this completely. Hank Green, I know he's very big on social media. He's, he's been on social media for a long time, so I trust him to have a really good handle of this element of social media. Uh, but in addition to this, 
there's actually a really good uh, question explored, which is that whole, will humanity unite or fracture under a global threat? You know, that whole idea of if aliens invade, will we, will we all come together and kind of protect each other? So this is kind of happening and it, it's playing out that theoretical concept really interestingly. So nothing, nothing in this book has been determined. We still don't know if this is a threat where they've come from, what their purpose is. So this sequel, I'm, I'm now very intrigued to read. It's uh, it's interesting <laughs> that that question of um, would an existential threat like make humanity come together? I was thinking toilet paper. I think we're yeah. <laughs> yeah. everyone's going to go fighting for toilet paper. Definitely not. Yeah, not even a pandemic can Everyone unite us. So. <laughs> it's been proven. It's been proven. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need the sequel now. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your book recommendations with us, guys. Um, we're now coming up to the point in the podcast where we roll up our sleeves, we put on our, our, our fighting gear. I don't know sports, so these references are going to get pretty labored. Um <laughs> We put our boxing gloves. On moles. I'm gonna win. We get ready to, and we get ready to duke it out and and see who is going to win in this week's book fight. Um, okay, so what I need each of you to do before we jump into book fight is choose what your buzzer sound is going to be. So choose a word that you will shout out when you know the answer, and then I will throw to you. So Arthur, what word would you like to be your buzzer? Buzz. Buzz. <laughs> Very imaginative offer. What I do. Zia, Zia, what's what's your uh, what's your buzzer gonna be? Oh, uh, oh, car. Car. Okay. And Ash, what's your buzzer gonna be? Uh to continue to continue this out one syllable. I think I'm gonna go tree. I'm looking at a tree. Okay. So we've got buzz, car, and tree. All right. <laughs> so the battle for supremacy and bragging rights begins now. All right, what novel by Eon Colfer was recently released on Disney Plus as a big budget movie adaptation? Buzz. Oh, I heard, I heard Arthur. Artemis Fowl. Artemis correct. Ding, that is a point for Arthur. All right. Question two What is the title of David Mitchell's new novel? Tree. Tree, go for it. Um, oh, is it Utopia Avenue? It is. Oh, why are we not promoting it as Booktopia Avenue? We could do a thing there. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to talk to my boss. Make a note. It's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Next question. Rodham by Curtis Sidenfeld imagined an alternate US history where what didn't happen? Tree. Oh, I got tree. Ash, what's the, what's the answer? Um, isn't it if Hillary Clinton didn't marry Bill Clinton? That is correct. Very good. All right. I want to so, read it. Got a copy. <laughs> so a few questions in. Ash is ahead. Zia's <laughs> yet to get a run on the board. Uh, you know what? I, my internet connection is not that good. So that um, um, tradesman <laughs> always blames her tools. <laughs> All right. Next question. We're moving into Game of Thrones territory now. So, you know, I think we're all kind of familiar with that through the culture. Mm. So this could be a, a bit of an easier one. What is the name of Arya Stark's direwolf? Oh. 
Really? Buzz. <laughs> oh, I heard Buzz. Yes, Arthur. Is it Lady? No. That's Sansa's, isn't it? All right. Anyone I'm else? Tree. Yeah. I only know one other of the wolf's name. Is it Ghost? It is not Ghost. That's the other one. All right. <laughs> All right. No points, and the answer was name Nymeria. Nymeria. I was thinking Newman, Nami, Nami. Oh, God. Can that be half a point for me? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have that, Zia. Thanks, Mark. Because, because I'm generous. I'm in a generous mood today. That thousand bucks is coming to you later. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, all right. Name every book in the Hunger Games series, including the new one. Oh. Nobody's gonna buzz in on that. Come on, that's a gimme. Not all of them. Some of them. Give it a go. Car. Give it a go. Yeah, Car. okay. Okay, uh, goes here. Catching fire. Yeah. Mocking Jay. Yeah. Something one and two. Oh god, hold on. Um mm. hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, oh, I don't know that. That's all. I know there's something one and two. Um what is it? Catching fire, mocking jay. I don't know. I just know two. All right, so you've got Catching Fire and Mockingjay. I'll give you a point for each of those. Yay. Um, does anybody else know the other two? Well, uh, Buzz. I got a buzz there, yep. Obviously, one of them is The Hunger Games. I just forget the name of the prequel. It's The Ballad of something or other. It is. You're on the right track. I'm going to open it up. Ash, do you know what it is? Yeah, I only know the latest one. It's um, A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, I think. That is correct. So... The entire Hunger Games saga, The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, Mockingjay, and A Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And Zia, the part one and two you were thinking of, they adapted Mockingjay, Mockingjay as two movies. That's right, because it was the big book. I'm, I've read all three, and I just forgot that the first one was just called The Hunger Games. Damn it. <laughs> all right, next question. Which novel opens with the line, happy families are all alike, every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way? Oh. This is one of the most famous opening lines of all time. I would My memory is terrible. Oh, oh Anna Karenina. I'm going to give that to you, Zia. Yeah. Even though you didn't wow. pass me. But... Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you know who, who told, me, told me this? Who recommended this book to me? John Purcell, our, our ex-head of books. He knew I loved the classical books and he goes you have to buy Anna Karenina and that and he told me it's the best line ever and I just had to remember what it was so <laughs> now I'm going to give a quick points update because the next question um has multiple answers like you can like you can score multiple points I mean the next question I'm a terrible quiz master I don't explain <laughs> anyway I um Arthur is currently on two points uh Zia is on four and Woo! Ashley is on three so what? I'm actually wow. the leading. Yeah, but Arthur and Ashley have the opportunity to steal the lead now. Yes, they if do. somebody can name as many books as you can that begin with the letter S. <laughs> Nobody's gonna buzz in on that one. Oh, I'm drawing a blank here. <laughs> well, one of my books that car. Okay, car. Okay, so yeah, go. Uh, um, oh, Sex at Dawn. Yeah. 
Sex at Dusk. Yeah. My two, my two uh, um, Sapiens. Yeah. Three of my books today. Um, Soldier. No, that's a Mark Wahlberg movie. Um, <laughs> there's three, guys. I don't know. I think I did better than others. Okay. Well, look, last week um, our fiction category manager, Ben, could only name two books that began with the letter B. So you're, you're already beating Ben. <laughs> oh, my God. I actually – I'm going to write him a message. <laughs> okay. And the last question in book five, how many rules for life are there? Sorry, what was the question? Trade. Oh, trade, oh. yes. I've done this without remembering the exact number. Um, it was, so, this is going to be so embarrassing. Um, 458. Uh, no, anybody else want to jump Buzz. in? You're close. Yes, Arthur, go. 488. Yeah. What was All the right. question? Okay, I wasn't that far off. Exactly. The, the question here was how many rules for life are there? Oh. Fab award-winning Kitty Flanagan's. Yes, Kitty Flanagan's. yes. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the end of book fight, and let's take a look at the scores. I'm going to have to do manual counting now. Arthur, you're on three. Zero is on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and Ashley is on three, which makes Zia the winner. You are effing kidding me. <laughs> She's not all talk. <laughs> Congratulations, Zia. You, I, I'm glad that you bribed me $1,000 because you win nothing. Hey, <laughs> hey, I, 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 I believed it. I believed it. Yeah, you I get to, hug. you know what the prize is? You get to um, rub it in everybody else's face that you won. Yes, I can't wait to tell the book team I just won book five. I'm, I'm actually emailing the whole company. Yeah, and and um, I think you set a, a, a record for points as well. I mean, this is only this is only the second episode, so oh, <laughs> I'm setting the bar high, Mark. But yeah, well done. Uh, oh yeah, and as our producer Nick has just pointed out, last week was a draw, so you're our first solo winner. Oh no! Oh my goodness, this stage just keeps getting better and better. You still don't <laughs> win a prize, so. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, everybody for joining me. Thank you to my guests and thank you to everybody who tuned in to listen. Weekend Booktopian is produced by Nick Wasiliev and you can find links to all the books we've discussed today in the episode description or you can find them on booktopia.com.au. You can listen to all of our shows for free right now on SoundCloud and iTunes, including our interview with Amy Kaufman. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Weekend Booktopia. Until then, thanks for listening and never stop reading. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia. Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au Yay! Oh, I, I am, you have no idea how happy I am to be here. <laughs> I'm like going on to my Friday night with a high. <laughs>